Uh, have you ever heard this band make that sound? Uh, 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 uh. Does this band enjoy being this band? No. Well, I mean, here's a question right off the bat. Uh, what even is this band? Is this a band? There's nine albums at this point, and not one person other than Josh has been on every album. True. Not one. Usually there's like one other member makes it through the whole thing, like beginning to end, besides just the singer. In this situation, it's not. It is only Josh. So is this really a band? Queen of the Stone Age, really. Yeah, there's no multi-members. Bullshit name right from the jump. Queens of the Stone Age is sort of like, what if the song Paranoid by Black Sabbath was covered by Talking Heads and that became a whole band? <laughs> that was their whole thing? Queens of the Stone Age, because getting high and listening to Black Sabbath feels too smart. That's deep if you really think about it, what you're saying. Hey, hang on, we're getting a phone call in the studio right now. Lumberjack City, has anyone seen a tall, red-haired, Bad habit of wearing skinny jeans. I actually don't know if Josh may wears skinny jeans or not. I feel like he probably does. I mean, maybe he doesn't, but if he doesn't, I would be shocked. And if you look at it from the beginning to now, he definitely has embraced the quote-unquote rock star image more as time has progressed. He seems definitely like the kind of guy that wears skinny jeans. It could be that he's just such a giant person that regular pants look tapered on him. Yeah. Speaking of how giant Joshua Hame is... Uh, feel pretty confident in saying this episode is one of the worst ideas we've ever had. <laughs> in case he's going to come fight us. I don't know, dude. I'm pretty tall. The guys in this band wear leather wrist cuffs, Mark. Yeah, that's true. We do not do that. Have you not ever noticed how many songs Josh has written about cutting people? I was going to say, I literally was just about to say, I feel like at all times Josh has a knife he on him. He for sure has a pocket knife. Absolutely carries a pocket knife. Some of their songs are straight up about cannibalism. Look at the lyrics of these songs. Avon, uh, Someone's in the Wolf, that's Little Red Riding Hood. A lot of people think the song Leg of Lamb is partly inspired by this Roald Dahl short story where a lady murders her husband and feeds the murder weapon to police who are investigating the crime. Uh, go watch the Sick 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 music video. Look up the lyrics to Mosquito's song. There's a song, Run Pig Run. Mm. This is a very bad idea, what you and I are doing <laughs> right now. We're playing with fire. I don't care. I'm in. All right. If we're going to do it, let's do it. <laughs> we're going all in. I'm not afraid at all. Before we get too far into it and I forget, which I probably will because it's extremely forgettable, also fuck Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah. Well, it's like the same band. The only reason the guy in that band isn't a rodeo clown is that he knows Josh Hame. No doubt. Being so close, sucked into the vortex that is Queens of the Stone Age. It's kind of Queens of the Stone Age light, chintzier version even of Queens of the Stone Age. Queens of the Stone Age, Eagles of Death Metal. Right. These guys it's only know names. one way to name a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the foreigner of tramp stamps. When you're naming a band, is it, oh, we don't want a one name band. I remember the first time I saw that name. It immediately ruins it for me because I just think it's so dumb. They're also not death metal. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if the band Eagles were a death metal band. How many people were tricked into that thinking, oh, this is actually a death metal band? We're like, if the band Queen was from the Stone Age. There's not even one female in the band. I would even settle for one female. I would settle for a queen. Yeah. Let me see that one of these dudes break out some mad contouring skills. Honestly, if Josh Holm came out, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um. I'm going to call him Holm. Uh, came out and he was had some serious, amazing makeup on, I would be like, oh, okay, never mind. I mean, I would actually maybe have respect for it. Isn't Homme French for dude? Is it? Is it his real name? I didn't actually look. I don't look. know. I want to look that up, though. Hang on a second, folks. We're actually going to real-time this one because if this motherfucker's last name is French for dude, then his name is Josh 
Dude. Josh Dude. I hope that it is. Hom translates to man in English. I don't know how it's pronounced, if it's the same pronunciation, Hame. That sounds French to me. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. This guy's name is Josh Dude? Yeah, we're calling him Josh Dude the rest of the Josh episode. Josh Dude. Works for me. It is so obvious and annoying what they were trying to do with the name of this band, Queens of the Stone Age. It's a bunch of guys making music in modern times. It's obviously not the Stone Age. Using words to refer to something that is the opposite of what those words are. This is the opposite of rock and roll. For a band that makes quote unquote rock music, this depth of naming your band just automatically makes you not rock and roll. No matter how many pairs of leather cuffs you wear. If that lazy irony 101 type stuff is enough to make you go, huh, that's funny, huh, that's smart. You probably love this band. Pretty good branding. They let you know the entire situation right from the jump. I think I'm frustrated because my band, Kings of the Shithill, were doing really good at the time. And then uh, we kind of had to break up because of this. Kings of the Shithill would describe this band also. We're only going to do the bare minimum necessary on every level of this thing's existence. But if you're cool with that... We promise you're never going to have to think about anything deeper than that. And this is just going to be a great time for everyone. You will give us a lot of money in this relationship. So it's not like we're friends or anything. That's too long to name your band. It's way too long. I can sum up Josh Dude's band's entire ethos in one word. Paradox. If you're operating at a level where any basic paradox that you come across is enough to make you stop in your tracks and ponder the meaning of existence for a while, Queens of the Stone Age very well may be your favorite band. The name of the band is a paradox. Tons of their lyrical ideas present nothing more than paradox. Maybe that's why, when are you supposed to listen to this? What is the moment in your life that you're like, oh, this is, I want to throw on some Queens of the Stone Age right now. I'm going to throw a guess out. I would guess that people who listen to this band, and this isn't the same answer that I would give for every band, but this specific band, I would guess that people who think this is good music think it's a good soundtrack for everything. Oh, God, everything? Oh, yeah, I bet Queens of the Stone Age has been played at funerals. I hope not. I bet it has. I just, I guess in my head, the only thing I pictured was like, okay, maybe if I was driving down the road in California in a convertible and you have Queens of the Stone Age on, but then I was thinking to myself, I wouldn't even be listening to the music. It's just kind of background noise. In that specific example that you just gave, you would want to be listening to the Jesus and Mary chain for anyone who's confused. Because you would be actively listening to the... Queens of the Stone Age is quite literally just background music. It's music to play in the background of anything. Do you actively want to listen to the band? I bet they do. Yeah, I bet people listen to this at the gym. I bet people... Somebody, you think somebody listens to this while they're fucking. I promise you that someone listening to this has had sex with someone who thought it was acceptable to go put on Queens of the Stone Age right before they fucked. That's just insane. And I want to know. If this has happened, I want to hear a story. I'm not sure I do want to (laughs) know. I'm not sure I want to hear that. I want to hear a story from the person that wasn't it wasn't their choice to listen to the music is there a girl or a guy that their partner whoever decided to go throw it on and they were like that's not gonna work for me Mm -hmm. definitely not having sex listening to josh dude josh dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just don't that just sounds unappealing to me if anyone doesn't remember what a paradox is it means self-contradiction oxymoron is another word that would work here one of the most famous paradoxes is the sentence this statement is false Because if that sentence is true, then it cannot be true because the sentence is claiming to be false. Mm. Right now, someone is listening to this. They've never heard that sentence before. Their mind blew out the back of their head. (laughs) 
Queens of the Stone Age is the band for that person. Mm. It's pretty impossible to see this band as anything except for a cash grab. Josh Dude was the guitar player in Caius, a long hair stoner metal band from the California desert. Who cares? Caius breaks up. Nobody cares. Josh Dude gets a job playing guitar for Screaming Trees, a good band who has a singer that sounds like he died 200 years ago and only came back to life to sing in this band. His name is Mark Lanigan. Screaming Trees is also a band that blew the fuck up three years earlier when one of their songs was on the Singles soundtrack. Do you remember mm. the Singles oh, soundtrack? Yeah. Sure. Pretty big deal, right? Yeah, it was huge. Introduced a whole another world to uh, Alice in Chains and grunge. This is supposed to be the actual thing that broke grunge, if right. I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Grunge fully broke through into the mainstream because of this soundtrack. Totally believe it. Immediately following in the wake of Nirvana's success. Mm -hmm. The movie, Singles, is a romantic comedy by Cameron Crowe. Real talk, just between us, it probably wasn't a bunch of dudes who made the soundtrack go double platinum. Who was it? <laughs> well, I'm going to guess there were approximately 5,000% more women going to see Screaming Trees at these shows where Josh Dude is playing guitar for Screaming Trees. So many more women there than I'm going to guess were going to see the band Caius. That's a band named after a Dungeons and Dragons monster mm -hmm. playing outside at night in the middle of the freezing cold desert with the sound and maybe some lights powered by an electric generator driving distance from the Mexican border, a.k.a. the nopest of all nope situations for any single woman. There's no fucking way ladies are going out there to see this band, right? Yeah, yeah, pure dude fest. Uh, I was thinking if you aren't doing anything tonight, me and my friends... You want to put your life on the line to sometimes, go see a band? Sometimes we go out into the <laughs> middle of the desert at night yeah. to play loud, incomprehensible music that you could probably actually hear in Mexico from where we're doing <laughs> sure. this. So just if you were looking to maybe disappear forever. Yeah, only tonight, one person's ever really disappeared. Because you needed to take a piss behind a cactus for 10 minutes. And a wolf, and, a yeah, wolf dragged you a off. Coyote ate your a asshole. <laughs> Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt. At yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter. Or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away. Oh, this person I'm going on this date with, his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend. Hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Dude, Caius sucked. <laughs> the thing that's funny about Caius is so many people are like, oh, I wish there'd be a Caius reunion. Dude, Caius fucking blew. That's one guy with 50 screen names making all those comments. Did you know that Caius actually opened for Metallica one time? What's funny is that in my mind, Caius is just like a shitty version of so many other bands. Josh specifically said uh, Metallica basically sucked. He was not into those bands. He said we were totally against those bands in regards to Metallica and Pantera. 
So Josh, dude, is dissing Metallica? Yes. I thought you were about to tell the story the other no, way around. No, no, no. He's dissing Metallica. Wow. And then he said, and really, the amount of shit that Metallica borrowed from us is frustrating. What? Yeah. Is he just being a dick? I have no idea. Is this idea. from a satire website? This is from Decibel. Posted on April 1st? He said that basically Metallica ripped them off is what he How? said. How? In what universe that is, I don't know. If In Hatebreed that. wants to say that, maybe. <laughs> maybe if Hatebreed says that. Sure. The jump off for Queens of Stone Age being Caius tells you everything you need to know. I know that he's not the singer. Josh Dude's not the singer, but this singing is atrocious. Who the fuck listens to that and goes, oh, dude, that's great. Wish they would get back together because Queens ruined the Caius reunion. Mr. Dude goes from that to getting a taste of what it's like to play guitar in a band with someone who can actually sing mm -hmm. and who has, shall we say, a more desirable ratio sure. in the audience. Better fan base. Next thing you know, Queens of the Stone Age is happening. I would go so far as to say that the lyrics of the Queens of the Stone Age song, I Was a Teenage Hand Model, are about Josh Dude deciding to get famous in a rock band. Mm -hmm. The moment that it clicked in his head. Some of the words are, this world isn't waiting, it's just passing me by. The butcher's got a fork in your face and I'm standing in line, question mark. And the chorus of the song is the word nah. Over and over. <laughs> so yeah, he's just like, look, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to go get famous in a rock band. Mr. Dude straight up asked Mark Lanigan to sing on the first Queens of the Stone Age album. And the first real touring incarnation of Queens of the Stone Age was all guys who'd been in Caius. I think it's fair to call this a rebranding in hopes of commercial success. Mm -hmm. A rebanding. <laughs> it's just Josh Dude's band. It really is. He recorded everything on the first 100%. album. The whole first album is just Josh Dude and Caius's drummer. Right. I'll take that guy. Right. Y'all can fuck off with the rest of it. Ooh. Oh, this is working. This sold. I get to play some shows. What are you guys doing now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wrote all these songs, though. <laughs> right, right, right. This is technically my band. Have I mentioned that this album was co-produced by the guy who engineered two Caius albums, but this other guy had also started working with Melvin's by about the time he started working with Queens of the Stone Age. Anyone listening to this who's real pissed off, if you've never listened to Melvin's, maybe go hit play on the second song on the Melvin's album, Stoner Witch. Yeah, there you go. Go try that one on for size. I think if you have made it this far in life and you love rock music and you haven't listened to Melvin's yet, if you want to ruin about 99% of the catalog yeah. that you listen to on a day-to-day -day basis, Go listen to the Melvins. Definitely gonna ruin Queens of the Stone Age and Caius for you, for sure, forever. So much of the history of rock music is just the fact that people don't know Melvins exist. 100%. Or when Melvins put out one of their super fucking weird albums, they listen to that first and they think that's what that band sounds like. They don't understand 30 different bands in one. Right. All of the music that you like is lifting from this band. Dude, gotta be one of the most stolen from bands of all time for sure will ruin Queens of the Stone Age for you. The second song on the Melvin's album Stoner, which is great. Pause this if you haven't heard it and go listen to that. If you're having trouble finding it, it's a song called Queen, and it came out in 1994, <laughs> which is two years before the first <laughs> Queen's EP. Yeah. I'm not saying it sounds exactly like Queens of the Stone Age or anything, but Stoner Witch is definitely the catchiest Melvin's album. Sure. If you can say that Melvin's made a commercial album or an it. album that was an attempt to be commercial, yeah. it was for sure Stoner Witch. I'm pretty sure this is Melvin's most commercial song on their most commercial album. I'm not surprised that Caius made their final album about a year after it came out. <laughs> 
how do you, if you listen to it, if you're in Caius and you listen to that album, you just go, okay, we suck. We absolutely suck. We should just quit. That album was Melvin's deciding, hey, let's see what happened if we try to make an album that sounds like a band who makes money. Right. Then Josh Hame comes out. I think he's looking to get paid here. Dude, th this is the truth. The first time I saw Queens of Stone Age live, I did not know that people actually liked the band to the level that they do. I remember thinking oh, this band is not that big. Well, I was really fucking wrong. And then also, I didn't realize how many people I knew loved the band. I thought, wow, really? This just sounds like mediocre rock music that just is really repetitive. I mean, every song kind of really just sounds similar to me. It genuinely blew my mind how many people thought that it was really good. It still does, actually. I would bet that nearly anyone who cares about anything called rock music since the 90s thinks this band is very good. Yeah. Again, I, I think I, this is one of the worst ideas that you have had, and I'm not thrilled about doing this. I think they get lucky because there's just not a lot of rock bands out there. That's true. And that's just it. That's very true. So when you are in a very narrow field, basically the Foo Fighters, similar thing, there's just not a lot of rock bands right now. You can do just about anything and people that like rock music will listen to you it. You said something funny to me one time about Queens of the Stone Age. I don't know if you even remember it, but one time you told me that you thought Queens of the Stone Age was Foo Fighters for smart people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by it. That's true. People think that they're smart. It is a smart man's fucking Foo Fighters. There you go. We're going to have to talk about Dave Grohl a little later. But yeah, they put <laughs> an extremely sexy photograph on the cover of this first album. You know the picture? Mm -hmm. An attractive black woman's body mm -hmm. and her hand is in her mostly see-through underpants. This is like uh What's that thing people are always saying about sex though? Oh shit. Uh starts with an S. Yeah. Um uh, sex. Oh shit. Uh sh shills? No. Sex uh, cells. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. That's what it is. Yeah, sex cells. Yeah. Sex cells. You believe that Josh just did this to be famous and make money. I'm going to guess it's more the money than the fame, because I think this dude is pretty economically minded in his mm. thinking process. This band is shameless about recycling their guitar riffs, almost to the point where it's not even worth talking about. I don't think any of them would deny that over half the songs on this first album are the same actual guitar riff forwards and backwards at different speeds. That guitar riff is a Stooges guitar riff <laughs> yeah. from the song I Want to Be Your Dog. Go listen to I Want to Be Your Dog by the Stooges. It's also If Only by Queens of the Stone Age, which is also You Would Know by Queens of the Stone Age. When he's not leveraging his famous friends into more stardom, when he's not doing that, this dude just writes right down the middle. If rock music is on a spectrum, he's driving his car down the middle of the road, oh. making the most step above kids in high school music. The first album basically like the stoner rock version of a dub 12 inch single. You know, like in dub music, they'll put out seven different dub remixes of right, the right, same right. song yes. over yes. and over again. Yes. They got a guitar riff and thought they had created fire <laughs> in the Stone Age. Guys, guys, listen to this riff. I can write nine records worth of material off this riff. I can play it backwards. <laughs> I can play it fast. I can play it slow. I can play it slow. Can you play it in a hat? Can you play it in a bow? <laughs> yeah. Uh, to your point, the thought of this band playing a song that's not in 4-4 time would be laughable because of the entire concept of what the band is trying to be. 
One of the things he always calls it is robot rock. That's perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I'm serious. Four, four time. But nine records worth of it. <laughs> this is going to be another episode where we have to talk about drugs a lot. Basically, Queens of the Stone Age probably did more drugs than any band not named Velvet Underground. That seems like an easy thing to go after bands for, but way too many of this band's songs are actually about doing drugs and being high on drugs for us to not address it. Do you ever wonder sometimes if um, kind of like a cry for help almost? I'm going to write songs about things I have problems with. I think it's more jury selection. Hmm. If we do songs, obviously about doing drugs and being on drugs, that automatically raises the likelihood of people being on drugs when they that, hey, that's true. On drugs when they hear this, therefore enjoying it more. Actually, you're right. That makes sense. If every song's about drugs, you're more likely to do drugs when listening to a song about drugs, and therefore probably more likely to like yeah. it because all of your senses, or I mean, if you're on cocaine, you could listen to fucking just about anything and have a great time. Also, I might not have any idea what I'm talking about because I've never heard country music about drinking in bars. I've never had that happen in Me my either. life. I've never I'm, been in a bar where country music was playing and the song was about getting drunk and then there were people in the room getting drunk. That's never, ever happened. I didn't even know that was a thing. I had no idea. Are there bad songs on cocaine? Like, if, I mean, songs that are grating, I guess. If somebody's like high as fuck on cocaine, just about anything is going to be great. You're just fucking stoked about everything because everything's fucking fantastic. I can't imagine having very many complaints. A lot of people say, you know, you got to do drugs to appreciate it, like Pink Floyd, and we talked about it. I feel like Queens is a band that I don't want to listen to high. It's almost probably less enjoyable. The only way to enjoy Queens would probably be like knock down drunk. It's as enjoyable as listening to Dark Side of the Moon while you were, were real high. It's like stressful. Yeah, imagine you're stressing me out. Higher than you've ever been, and you press play no. on Dark Side of the Moon for the first time because everyone told you that's what you're supposed you're to do. You're going to have a panic attack. Oh, of course, man. You're going to have a panic attack. All those alarm clocks i don't if alarm clocks are your idea of a relaxing evening listening to some music or even like rocking out to some music oh. i probably don't want to hang out with you i'm not saying i've ever done illegal drugs like mushrooms yeah because you're a dad yeah because i'm a dad but if i had one time and this one song on pink floyd ends and it's like real pretty and it's the next song is money starts with like the cash register or whatever it is the most jarring shitty experience ever queens of the stone age for sure were some of the kids who took a bunch of drugs and listened to that because it's almost hilarious the tiny little things they'll overdub in songs even all the way back on this first album they definitely have the sound of scissors and i think a telephone yes. in the song you would know there's for sure a telephone on the first song regular john this stuff doesn't get too out of control until the second album, but you can already hear the beginning of it in the first one. Sure. The last song on this first album literally has the sound of someone taking a piss. That's how the song starts. So maybe we should just start talking about some lyrics now because these guys clearly don't give a fuck. <laughs> Before we get into these lyrics, mostly by Josh Dude, none of these songs are particularly interesting examples of it, so we don't really need to put any of the lyrics on full display under a microscope or anything. But some examples of what I'm about to say are the song How to Handle a Rope and the song You Can't Quit Me Baby. These songs are both obviously about committing suicide. This is an extremely common theme in drug rock. See also Alice in Chains, for yeah. example. We're not going to read any of those lyrics today, so this isn't going to be a problem for anyone who that might be a problem for. Sure. But if you do go looking into these lyrics because you're interested by the things we're about to say, you should know that there's some shit like that in this band's 
work. Could be upsetting. But the songs that aren't about that, half of them are about drugs. The other half are not about anything at all. Sure. A song like Mexicola, speaking tongues, speaking lies, drooling livers born to die. What he's doing is he's hitting two or maybe even four of these major life issues buttons, God issues, alcohol issues, trust issues, and throws a bunch of checks in the pun column where he makes all the words that he just said mean something different than what you thought. This is back to that paradox shit, that oxymoron shit. He references all these things and mysteries, but all he's really doing is growing common adages in a blender. He's not saying anything interesting about any of the topics that he's referencing. So the song, Leg of Lamb, there's a lyric, I'm a sinner, ring my bell. This sounds nice to you because you've heard the two words dinner and bell near each other your whole life. All he's doing is slightly moving around pieces of a bunch of things we've heard our whole lives to where they don't mean what we've always heard them mean before. I'm a sinner, ring my bell. Time for dinner, ring the bell. As pleasing as a nursery rhyme to you. Every song that this band ever wrote works exactly like what I just explained. Again, I promise you someone just had their mind blown by me (laughs) saying that. And what I'm saying to that person is, it's kind of cute that you think this is so smart. I'm here to tell you that this is not special. It's not. It's just not. He says all these things that seem slightly familiar, but just a little bit off to make them not mean what you thought they meant right or not not mean that or not mean anything at all but you just don't know because it's just word salad nirvana ish i'll tell you what it reminds me of actually a little bit is cockney rhyming slang which if anyone doesn't know what that shit is and you're looking to get real angry today go look up cockney rhyming slang Mm. and then what you're gonna want to do is go watch youtube videos of someone actually using it It'll make you want to punch yourself in the face. And then go listen to Queens of the Stone Age and realize these Mexicola lyrics, they might sound like they mean something important. That's only because Josh Dude took phrases that we've heard our whole lives that we understand to mean important things and then just mix them up to where they don't mean those things anymore. If you ask me the actual point of the song Mexicola, if you go look at all the lyrics, I think the point of that song is basically, why don't you just go to Mexico and do heroin about it? Maybe not the best advice. (laughs) I hope to God nobody actually reads these that actually follows through with maybe what he's insinuating. I can see a lot of people thinking this band took a big jump from the first album to the second one. Like, wow, they got so much better. But no, same exact formula. If I haven't made it clear, this formula is to take a highly repetitive musical phrase and end it on a note or chord or lick that wasn't the part that he was doing over and over again. So that when you hear something that you didn't just listen to over and over again, cool, something different happened. Right. You know that phrase, uh, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig. Yeah. It's kind of like what they do with every album. It's actually even every riff. It's like, here's a pig, here's a pig, look, we put lipstick on it. Here's a pig, here's a pig, look, we put lipstick on it. (laughs) Or we put a hat on him. The hat's the chorus. (laughs) There you go. The lipstick is the way every phrase ends, and then the hat's the chorus. Every record, they add a new layer to the pig, but it's still a pig, bro. It's like a reset button. Each time they give you the lipstick or the hat or the shoes or whatever, then they can just show you a pig again. This has got to be one of the most repetitive bands ever. Again, I believe that they would tell you that's robot rock. I'm pretty sure the band actually hasn't heard anything in this episode that they would disagree with. Ask them. We haven't said anything that crazy. We've just really reflecting on the reality of the band. This philosophy applies across every riff, every song, every album. It's just over and over and over. You're not hearing a band that got better on the second album. This band is basically an audio collage from here Mm -hmm. on out. Way harder into that Pink Floyd territory. There's lap steel 
steel on the first and second song. Why is this band using a lap steel? Just cause. What the fuck? And they now have to tour with a dude who does all this shit. A utility man is what we call him in the industry. <laughs> oh, One yes. of the side effects of putting all this dumb shit on your album is you have to hire a utility man for your touring band. Can you play 25 different instruments, including a telephone? You're hired. There's a vibraphone on the song Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. Do you know how much of a pain in the dick it is to tour with a vibraphone? Sure. This band does. Is this Angelo Badalamenti? Is this Fantomas? And because of the way these bands operate too, you could really just do it with a keyboard. They could recreate the sound, but there's no fucking way they're gonna do that. They're gonna have somebody that at least look like they're playing the instrument. We always talk about how no one ever cares who else is in a band. This is one of the bands where people who like this shit- They do care. Definitely care. Yes. Definitely know. Yes. For sure, even the fans of the band band shit on certain albums and they specifically call out people in the band at the time not josh but always oh that's because blah 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 was playing bass the dude from that band 11 yes 100 really fucked this yes. one up this is the time they got steve at it and steve really sucked i think there are a lot of people who think that nick oliveri the bass player was in this band from the first album the second album is actually the one where nick oliveri came in as a full-time member of this band as mark said earlier josh dude is the only dude on for real the only one He's the only one on every album. But this is where Nick becomes a full-time member of the band, basically. And their image of them two together is really what people started to have as the first picture of who this band actually was, what they look like. Tall guys who look like they did a bunch of drugs in the <laughs> desert. They look like exactly what they are. Nick Oliveri falls into the category of bass players who you are very probably going to see naked at some point. Mm -hmm. This is far and away my least favorite category of bass player. The flea category. A very scary looking man. Is this the guy that looks like Scott Ian? Yeah, he looks like the guy from Anthrax. Bigger. I, I first saw that video, I, I, I thought it was Scott Ian. Legit. Like if somebody said Scott Ian was in Queens of the Stone Age, I would have said, yeah, for sure. I'm surprised that Scott Ian isn't in Queens of the Stone Age because Josh Dude will have anyone be in this band as long as it's good for 20 articles on the internet. But surely not to leverage his fame and fan base. The second album isn't when Mark Lanigan from Screaming Trees joins the band, but Josh does have him sing one of Mark's own songs. His voice is on two other songs on the album. And he wanted him on the first one, don't forget. He wanted him from the jump. Yeah. Mark Lanigan wrote this song. Josh has them put some of the lyrics of the first song in, maybe even just to get a co-write credit. They do this thing that I've got to assume came in second place to Feel Good Hit of the Summer for who could come up with the most annoying musical riff. You know, Feel Good Hit of the Summer is no exaggeration, a one-note song. The A one-note song. Fuck you for even making me think about it. Josh Dude almost always has to find a way to get involved and fuck up what would otherwise be a perfectly good Mark Lanigan album. The album also ends with some crazy off-key horn part that comes in. It keeps doing that. It does exactly what I just did over and over, and it just speeds up slightly each time that it repeats until it's this maddening loop. It that reminds me of Modest Mouse. That sounds like something Modest Mouse would do. Weird, repetitive noise thing that creates this wall of shit that gives you anxiety. It, they've got to be trying to annoy you. It would surprise me if they weren't trying to annoy everyone yeah. when they do this. That's why I'm saying this. This is a band that you don't want to listen to high. The only way you could listen to them is completely hammered. The music of this band is honestly like they're having a competition to see who can come up with the most annoying thing. 
But then if you think about it, Josh Dude is the one writing it all. So he's just having this competition with himself. <laughs> he's competing with himself. We could do this more annoying. Maybe it's a game of chicken. Maybe it's to see how much you'll put up with in any individual guitar riff. Drugs. For real. It's almost like he's making music for people who have had a physical injury to their head, lost their short-term memory, and only remember the last three notes that they heard. If music is supposed to take you on a journey, this music doesn't do shit. Apart from maybe a journey to hell. The feel-good hit of the summer, da na da na that. That's the one with the drug lyric. Nicotine, Valium, Vicodin, Marijuana, Ecstasy, and Alcohol. Right. Those are the verses. The chorus is just the word cocaine <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> These lyrics almost got this album banned from Walmart, which was always good for some press. Oh, dude, the best thing that could have happened to you is get banned from Walmart. Hey, do you remember that? How yes. Easy, it used oh, to be geez. so easy to get free PR. Oh, for sure. That's like buying thousands of dollars in ads. If you can get someone to ban you, you're stoked. You just aced it. Yes. The best thing that could happen to your band was being banned from Walmart. That's the only way that Marilyn Manson had a career. 100%. Abso-fucking-lutely. The only reason he had a career. Queens of the Stone Age almost got their second album banned from being sold in Walmart. Almost. <laughs> they almost <laughs> had it. And even that was good enough to get them some press. They would have been a fucking arena band. The band did have a pretty good argument, though, for why Walmart shouldn't ban them, which was that the, the album was literally already rated R. That's there you the go. name of the album and the what cover of it is just right. R. So Truth in advertising. Yeah, go ahead and put a parental advisory on it. The whole <laughs> cover is a parental advisory, actually. Right. Sure. So honestly, good on them for being responsible about being idiots, I guess. Blink-182 never did this. I guess back then you had to really think about what Walmart was going to do because they sold so many albums. Not that I really even have a problem with them writing songs about drugs. Like I said, it's smart. If you want to try to make sure that your fans are taking drugs and have their expectations much lower, just as their expectations are probably much lower for everything in their lives. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Makes total sense. Way to pick off a weak one from the herd. Mm -hmm. The song Monsters in the Parasol is obviously about an acid trip. I seen some things I thought I never saw. Paul's dad is warped and bubbling. My mind is out here on another wave. 100% taking acid. The song Better Living Through Chemistry is first of all called Better Living Through Chemistry. And the lyrics are obviously all anti-prescription drugs, man. Yo, those prescription drugs are bad for you. Snort this meth. <laughs> it's good <to> say. <laughs> you had me until you broke out the crystal. The chorus of Better Living Through Chemistry rips off Bjork lyrics. Yeah, that's the thing everyone loves about Bjork is her lyrics. <laughs> what the fuck? Honestly, Bjork is kind of the worst, and I hope we can do an episode on her. Oh, Jesus, on please. Show. I cannot stand listening I to her. I can't either. Can't stand her fans. Some of the worst. None of it's good. She made a whole album with just her voice, right? Yeah. She's done a lot of dumb shit that people think is just fucking awesome. She seems like she has some maybe problems. Maybe, maybe, maybe some real serious issues. Maybe problems. On. Sure. Uh, the line he took is, there's no one here and people everywhere. More paradox, more oxymoron. It would be amazing to me if I read a line from one of this band's songs to you and it's not just a little miniature oxymoron thing. 
The song Lost Art of Keeping a Secret is another example of this, alluding to some idea or event or thing or feeling as unknowable. We've got something to reveal. No one can know how we feel. It's just so deep, dude. I just, it's really hitting me so deep. The thing is, there are people who think that he's saying stuff that has deep meaning because saying no one can know how we feel gives off the impression that these guys have achieved some secret knowledge perhaps through their use of drugs that they continually keep referencing. Sure. Just some syllables. That sound good. You find to be arranged in a pleasing order. Right, 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 right. It's really just like a ribbon or a bow wrapping around an empty box. As long as you never open the box, this is your favorite present that you've ever been given. What's in the box? As long as you never open the box, it contains whatever you want it to contain. What's the crossover ratio between Nirvana fans and Queens fans? Big, huge. Gotta be 90. No question. Dave Grohl. 90 plus. I'm just saying from a word salad standpoint, if you love the lyrics of Nirvana, you for sure love the lyrics of Queens of Stone Age. Because it gives off this impression of passing on some secret knowledge if you can crack the code. The code is, is this is some fucking nursery rhyme bullshit that he moved to words around and change the letter that begins their biggest song hands down this band's biggest hit is called no one knows yeah so you can't even argue that this isn't exactly what's happening here this isn't a theory this is this band's mo refer to some secret mystery let people assume that you've got it and all they gotta do is keep this is the scientology of rock bands man the lost art of keeping a secret no one knows keep buying our albums maybe someday we'll fucking tell you <laughs> on album 20 Uh, That's the secret. Josh dude isn't even a human. Yeah. He's been telling you the whole time. Robot rock. It's not just robot. He's a robot (laughs) from the future. I'm AI. They crack the code so fucking hard on no one knows. I fucking hate that song. It's a terrible song. It's an embarrassingly bad song. It is far and away their biggest song though. Also, the video really, really, really wants you to know that Dave Grohl is in the band. Or is he? So this is the album where Josh Dude, I think, figured out a few shortcuts on the way to the goal that he had the whole time, in my opinion. Just so we are clear, No One Knows was number one on the U.S. alternative chart and number five mainstream rock. So this was a top five rock song in America. Go look up how many of those the Rolling Stones had. It isn't as many as you think. Mm -hmm. Queens of the Stone Age has one, okay? And this is at a time when rock music existed. This isn't some they're the only band in the game thing. Right. They were close. It was definitely on the way out. If those guys put this album out with this title in the year 2019, mainstream culture would eat them alive. Definitely be a little bit more offensive. Songs for the deaf? Yeah. Uh, Which one of you guys is (laughs) hearing impaired? Oh, none of you are hearing impaired. Yeah. Cool. Have you heard of Twitter? Here's another metric for you. In 2004, Vanessa Carlton told Spin Magazine that Songs for the Deaf was tied with the Streets original for her favorite album. Mm. That's how far into mainstream culture this band got with Songs for the Deaf. Deep into it. Mine as well have been the first Queens record. Definitely the first Queens album that most people who've heard this band heard. Yes. I don't think a lot of people knew how many albums they had before that actually came out. For sure. This was Josh's I'm tired of trying to be a rock star I'm going to write this chintzy, hooky, garbage pop song, call it a rock song, 
have my buddy Dave Grohl, who at the time is in one of the biggest rock bands in the fucking world. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters at the time was massive. And had already been in the actual biggest rock band in the world, Nirvana. And this song came out and people saw the video. How many people went to see Queens thinking that Dave Grohl was in the band? He did some shows with them. Yeah, some, but he wasn't a member like full time. guarantee you the next tour they did without him, there were people who went to those shows expecting to see Dave Grohl Dude, on drums I, and he was not. I would not be shocked if in 2019 there were people going to see them thinking Dave Grohl's in the band. It would not shock me at all. Do you want to get good press? All right. Work with as many people as possible who either got amazing press themselves or never got the great press that everyone has since decided was deserved. Dave Grohl somehow actually fits into both of these categories. Put that motherfucker in your band and guess what's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to take off. Automatic. The most overhyped band ever is Nirvana. This is him getting back behind the drum kit, which, yes, part of me wants to support Dave Grohl doing anything other than trying to sing songs that he wrote. In a perfect world, we should be able to celebrate this. It's not even just Dave Grohl, man. It's also Dean Ween. Right. He's on three songs. Mark Lanigan is now a full-time member of right. the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep him. Yes. People like uh, it when that guy course. sings. No question, the best thing that ever happens on any Queens of the Stone Age album is Mark Lanigan opening his mouth. Sure. This dude is a hired gun. Troy Van Leeuwen is another example of what I mean when I say hired gun. Earlier when we were talking about needing to hire a utility man, uh, that's Troy Van Leeuwen. That dude's yeah. the utility guy for a lot of bands. This dude was in the band Failure. Look up the band Failure if you want to see an example of one of the huge almost in alternative rock history. Every person who writes about alternative rock music is in love with the story of Failure. Yeah. This is a band that could have been massive if they weren't such fuck-ups, etc. It's like a band's favorite band. It's the type of story that music writers get wet over. And before Failure, Troy was a new metal guitar player. This dude played on some Orgy albums. Uh -huh. He played on Crazy Town's first album, which is the one with Butterfly, Butterfly. on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Troy was in a perfect circle. That's what I'm saying. He's been in like a shit ton of bands. Maynard is in a perfect circle. Yeah. So again, this guy's gotten good critical reviews because of all the failure shit. And the unwashed masses of OzFest know who he is. Yep. At a time when that actually matters, at a time when a perfect circle is a thing. A huge. Which is a humongous Very thing, big thing. This guy's involvement alone could have been enough to push this band sure. into the mainstream. Add in the dude from Ween. Yep. Add in the dude from Nirvana. Yeah. How okay. could they have fucked this up? We know that no one is in the band except Josh. No one. There's no actual members. So now all of a sudden it's a, for this album, basically a super group of people. And it just so perfectly happens to be the album with the catchiest song and their biggest song ever. Come on, it's yeah. by design. That's what he did. It was planned. Hook, line, and sinker. How many people ate it up because they saw Dave Grohl on a video? Come on. And this is where we double down on the Pink Floyd shit too, man. This is, this is the album with all the, you're listening to blah, blah, blah. Fake radio DJ segments. That was so fucking popular too. The, the band time. starts making cartoon music videos. Remind me, yeah. what, what band? did a cartoon movie was it uh pink uh pink the music video for go with the flow is a cartoon where this band rides a pickup truck straight into a giant lady's pussy 
I mean, I was a little high when I watched it, <laughs> but that's pretty sure what happened. Were you not surprised to find out how many albums this band has I, made? Dude, I text messaged you and I said nine albums. I guess one of them is technically a live album, so eight. So much material with so very little to say. Lullabies to Paralyze. This is kind of what I've been telling you their music is the whole time. Lullabies to Paralyze. Idiots who think that oxymorons are worth spending three hours of your life thinking about. This band rarely sounds like they want to be singing their own songs. I'm telling you, if there is a band that is so uninspired and uninspiring, it is the Queens of the Stone Age. This band should not inspire you to do anything except maybe take a nap. Take a nap. I don't think that they like the music that they play. Do you think he's excited to sing these songs? I think you're getting on the wave that I've been surfing on, man. I'm telling you, I'm serious. He just plays it because it's what makes him money and what gets him laid. I think that's exactly why this band exists. Well, even the font choices are stupid. Are you looking at it? Yeah, it's like a 10-year-old and like MS Paint made this. It does look like a Photoshop tutorial. It's like a bad one. Somebody who uses this as an example of what not to do. We got to talk about the song, Little Sister. I'm surprised it hasn't come up on this podcast yet, as far as I can remember, but... We have a zero tolerance policy on cowbell at your favorite band sucks, first of all. Second of all, it's not even a cowbell on this song, you fucking morons. <laughs> it's a wood block. It's a wood block. <laughs> this is not what cowbells sound like, so please shut the hell up. We should make a shirt that says, says no more cowbell. Next, I can't remember the last time a Saturday Night Live skit was funny. I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened in this millennium. No. That is a terrible television show. There's a podcast idea. We always tell people what to do to make money. Make a podcast about how fucking atrocious Saturday Night Live is for the yeah. last 15 years. Actually, we should do that one. It would be so much fun to just tear that shit to <laughs> shreds. I hate hack writing. This show is hack writing because you're working with people who have very little talent, but a lot of celebrity, and that's why everyone's tuning that's, in. That's actually, it's to see yeah. the celebrity host this yes. week who can't act for shit 85% of the time. If you were to remove the celebrity aspect of it, nobody would watch it. As a pure comedy show. It's adult Sesame Street, man. Sesame Street is better than Saturday Night Live. You know a show is funny or good if nobody in the show is even famous yet. Yeah. And you want to watch it and you laugh. Queens of the Stone Age fans are exactly who that Blue Oyster Cult skit was written for in the first place. (laughs) Queens of the Stone Age knows that about their fans. And even they know that cowbells are unforgivable couldn't even bring themselves to use a cowbell they had to use a wood block instead and they knew it wouldn't matter people eat it up no matter what next thing you know there they are on snl with will fucking farrell mr meme himself the guy right 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 yeah the guitar solo in little sister is a perfect example of how you can play a horrible guitar solo on purpose and people will call you a guitar genius You can do everything wrong on purpose and someone's going to say it's the best thing they've ever heard. Yeah, totally. At this point, he could do anything and people are going to fawn over it. The song, Everybody Knows That You're Insane. The chorus of this is another example of, I'm pretty sure this band trying to be obnoxious on purpose. It's only four minutes long and the song feels like forever when you're listening to it. The riff of Tangled Up in Plaid is unacceptable. I feel like there should be a word to describe 
a riff that's a bad riff because it's like you don't even want to elevate it to the word riff. It sounds like someone making fun of corn yes. on a practice guitar <laughs> app. <laughs> I think it sounds like a kid that got his guitar for the first time and was just like messing around. Yeah. I wrote a Queens of the Stone Age song. Right. Yeah. Burn the Witch is basically the match that lit the fuse on the last 10 years of the Arctic Monkeys. I promise that if you and I went up to strangers on the street and told them we wanted to know what they thought about the new Arctic Monkeys song, and then we played them the Queens of the Sony song, Burn the Witch. They wouldn't even think about it, right, right, they right. They would know that it yeah. was an Arctic Monkeys song, no question. Josh Dude produced half of uh, an Arctic Monkeys album in 2009, and now that band always sounds like this song. Mm -hmm. Fuck this song <laughs> and this whole album and this whole band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The song in my head is straight up fan pandering. It's a Desert Sessions song. Fuck, we don't even have time to talk about Desert Sessions. I just realized that. It'd be a whole other 30 minutes. If you're a real hardcore Queens of the Stone Age fan, you already know what Desert Sessions is, and you're mad that I'm going to make fun of it. Everyone else, sometimes Queens of the Stone Age songs came out of this thing called Desert Sessions, which you can go look up if you want to find out more about people taking drugs and writing nonsense songs for fun because they know it doesn't matter. More of that punishment. It's the Desert Sessions song, which also happens to sound the most like something from now the fan favorite first Queens of the Stone Age album. Another reason why I think, I have no idea if I'm saying this right, Era Vulgaris, it's a very minor thing with this album, but I would love to see the internal correspondence around what the cover was going to be. To me, the whole album cover looks like an attempt to remind everyone that they used to like this band because it's after people are complaining about the bass player who never really mattered in the first place being gone. This band looks different now. It's, the image is different than what they were used to seeing. The whole title and cover of Era Vulgaris are exactly what I think a band would do with a B-Sides and Rarities compilation. If you looked at it without knowing what you were looking at. It looks like B-Sides. Right. This does not scream new album. The name of it, Era Vulgaris, it's sort of reference to the past. This whole thing has a retro vibe. This album is not in mono, but there's a dumb little joke that looks like an old school mono symbol. Yeah. You know, the only reason that's there is as a callback to the past. Remember when you liked this band? Remember we're the vulgar band. We had the naked bass player sometimes. That's us. Remember? You see those uh, fucked up cartoon light bulbs? Yeah, on yeah. On the cover? Yep, yep. Aren't light bulbs the universal cartoon symbol for I have an idea? A bunch of fucked up broken light bulbs must be the universal cartoon symbol for we don't have any ideas. It's broken. It's smoking a weed <laughs> cigarette. What's hilarious, though, is when you press play on this album that you have every indication to assume will be a return to form, it's not only not a return to old school Queens of the Stone Age sound, it sounds like the band Weezer heard the band Autolux, and this is their new album. He mixed it up. Doesn't sound like Josh Boy singing. Josh Dude sounds like a completely different singer from a completely different band. This song called I'm Designer, the lyrics of this song are ridiculous. I'm high class, I'm a whore. Actually, both. Basically, I'm a pro. We've all got our own style of baggage. Why hump it yourself? You've made me an offer that I can refuse. Because either way, I get screwed. Counterproposal, I go home and jerk off. Ugh. Mm, mm, like, mm. these are embarrassing. Cringy. I don't know if they've ever even performed this song live. I would hope not. This seems like a person who's trying to be offensive 
but they have an outdated concept of what it is to be offensive, like Madonna. Like he never listened to Marilyn Manson. Yeah, he doesn't know that Eminem happened, and you have to say real crazy shit now (laughs) for people to care. The goalposts have been moved, Josh. I think the hard part for this band is once you have a Songs for the Deaf, which really only got big because of your friends and buddies, the rest of his career. He went bigger with the guest. He went after Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top for Lullabies to Paralyze. But the problem is when you take the jump up from Dave Grohl, who was in Nirvana, to Billy Gibbons, who was in ZZ fucking Top, actually one of the greatest bands ever, you can't get that guy to play on your whole album. So Billy's only really on a song and some B-sides and some gang vocals and shit. On Era Vulgaris, it's Julian Casablancas from The Strokes, singing a little bit on the second song, but that's definitely not a thing you would notice if I hadn't told you. Right. I doubt people even realize that, unless they're like super fans. Then uh, Josh Dude had a bunch of health problems. He had to take a break from being in the band. He had to recover mentally and physically, he says. Glad he did that. Yada, yada, yada. Still got a job to do today. Uh, He gets his career going again. The album, like clockwork, this is supposed to be the album. Queens of the Stone Age sheds stoner rock and just becomes hard rock. I love, actually, for every episode we've ever done, I do like it when people are arguing about what genre they go into. <laughs> it's pretty funny. They have to like really micro it down into, I read a thing that was like, is Queens of the Stone Age heavy metal? And I was like, what? <laughs> stoner metal, stoner rock, hard right, rock, exactly. rock, yes. rock. I like rocks. People spend a lot of time arguing. What specific kind of rock is this? Shitty rock. Trent Reznor is singing on Like Clockwork. Elton John is the most famous person that this band has ever collaborated with. No fucking question. Yeah. Elton John is on this album. But also, you wouldn't know that either of those things happened. If you just press play on these albums, you could be so familiar with the work of all their guest artists. And you wouldn't know that it was them unless you hear me saying it to you right now or you read it somewhere. That's why for me, at this point in the band's career... They played the Grammys or something like that or whatever with, with Trent and they got cut off. It's like a big deal. I remember thinking, do people still like this band? I always thought that after the fucking one hit wonder, no one knows, you know, no one knows. I always thought that it was a straight linear path downhill from there. So it kind of blew my mind that he had famous people still on his albums because I was like, why? Also, why, if you're not going to use these people in a way that's recognizable to fans of that person? Right. You know what I mean? It's not like Elton John's and they're doing like a cool Elton John thing. Not at all. It's taking Elton John and jamming him into Josh Dude's world. He's having them do something that anyone could do. Anyone could walk into this room and do this. It's just a name at that point, period. Oh, do you think that's why? I'm going to go out on a limb. I think there's a good chance. Oh, All this shit at a certain point just blends in with all the rest of it. It's some percentage of at least appearing to promise your fans a return to what you used to be that they liked, if not a blatant attempt to return to that, like when this band toured their first album around the reissue of it. Josh on tour with a bunch of random guys. Yep. Some percentage of that mixed with meme culture, essentially. Did you know that in 2011, Josh Dude was playing guitar to accompany the what what in the butt guy on an episode of Tosh.0? No. Just in case you're wondering where all this gets you in the year 2011. What it builds up to. This is what this mentality and approach to having a career in music ends up as. Mm, mm, High quality shit. In 2017, Queens of the Stone Age puts out an album called Villains, 
Produced by Mark Ronson. This is officially when I'm assuming nobody cares. I mean, I'm not joking. I'm sure there's some people who haven't been paying attention to this band. I'm not kidding right now. Look up who Mark Ronson works with. I would also recommend watching the music video for the song The Way You Used To Do if you've ever wondered what Josh Dude's Ricky Martin impersonation is like. <laughs> Pretty flawless. Yeah, I know a decent amount of people that love this band and I did not hear one of them talk about this album, so. I got a quote from Josh Dude, which if someone in a band that you like feels like this is something they need to be saying in an interview, they know that they just made a shitty album. They know that they're trying to sell you a piece of shit. Quote, I told this to Ronson. If 15% of the people don't hate you, you suck. End quote. Yeah, I saw that quote. I didn't even really understand it. You never said anything like this about any of the albums that you made before this. <laughs> right. Me thinks the dude doth protest too much. <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty funny album, I guess. A lot of the guitars on the first several songs sound like frogs. Because you've got an EDM producer. So he's like, yeah, let's make all the guitars sound like frogs. Fuck it. I'm not suggesting that anyone take acid and listen to this album. But if they did and maybe did it in a dark room. They would trip their balls off on frogs. I believe that person would have a very easy time imagining a bunch of frogs making all these noises. I really did try. It's a tough one to listen to. I would advise you to listen to the Gutter Twins instead of this. I would advise you to listen to the Mark Lanigan Band instead of this. If you've not heard the band Swerve Driver, go listen to Swerve Driver instead of Queens of the Stone Age. Shoegaze in general. Maybe just switch over to Shoegaze instead of whatever this robot rock stuff is. You could listen to the Kinks because see how he covered the Kinks like five times or something. Yeah. Did you hear the White Wedding cover? No. Oh my God. That good? Oh Jesus, great. If you really do need this trancy repetitive thing, I would recommend the band Psychic Ills. I-L-L-S, Psychic Ills. Go check them Go out. Go listen to the Melvins like we this. said before. Definitely still listen I, to the if Melvins. If you've made it this again. far into our podcast and not listen to the Melvins, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? Is this going to be a two-parter like Metallica? How long have we been here? Long time. Oh, and if you think Dave Grohl is the best drummer in rock music, go listen to an album called Future Perfect by a band called Autolux. I don't even think do people think Dave Grohl's a great drummer. I personally don't know any drummers that are like, I want to drum like Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl is kind of hard to hate on because he always just kind of seems to be glad to be included. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Sure. No, not no, no offense. As a person. Thanks for calling. I like it. Sure. I'm having a good time. This is awesome. Sure. If Queens of the Stone Age is your favorite band. Your favorite band sucks. Oh, you're welcome for listening to your favorite band suck. <laughs> if this was your first episode and you're not sure how you feel about it yet, go listen to a few more episodes, then subscribe to the show once you realize this is the best thing you've ever heard. Go to our website at yfbspod.com. Get a link to this episode to post on Facebook, Twitter, post a screenshot on Instagram, Snapchat. Do whatever you wild and crazy kids are doing these days to make sure your friends know this is the best thing you've ever heard. While you're on the website, check out our merch store. See what goodies we've got there for you. Probably not any leather wrist cuffs yet. Sorry about that. 100% forgot to point out that Dave Grohl's drum intro to Song for the Dead is ripped straight from Slip It In by Black Flag, bitches. Listen to Black Flag. If you're not following the podcast on social media, let me tell you, you're missing all the comments from people who have no sense of humor about this show. Every band we've talked about has true believers. 
One of the reasons we did Queens of the Stone Age, aside from the fact that they do suck, is we know this is the favorite band of tons of the serious music guys who think they're better than the fans of every other band we've talked about on the show. You know, Queens is in it for the music. It's not a cash grab. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Promise they're losing their minds right now. Look, you think Josh Hame didn't go into a record store, look at what section had the fewest bands to compete with, and go from there? There are only two fucking bands that start with the letter Q. Figure it out. As you know, we do not take requests, but I do happen to be aware the next episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks is one of the ones we've been asked for more than any other. You have two weeks to prepare yourself because we 